Welcome to episode 41. It probably will be a long one, actually. Hi everyone, this is Bootstrapping SaaS, a show where I document my journey to 10k in MRR with my SaaS. Okay, so I did not mention Claritask. No, I'm not quitting. Alright, I want to quickly thank my patrons that I had on Patreon. Uh, this is the last time that I will have a Patreon um, mention on the show. I've had some issues with them, which I won't go into detail in this show, in this episode, but you can look up my Twitter account with uh, some of the complaints that I've had. So this is the last time, but I really want to thank my supporters up to here. It's been a pleasure having you on and just for supporting me, um, not for the money, but emotionally, motivationally, it's been a pleasure and it's very, it's been very inspirational actually. So thank you for that. And uh, my supporters on Patreon were Dean Layton James, Fiamur Mavrai, Jace Richardson, Merot Movahedi, Simon Bennett, Valumba Devuku, and Zoli Veris. Thank you guys. So it's been 40 episodes. This is episode 41. Uh, so in the past 40 episodes, I've been talking about Claritask only, solely. And I want to shift gears a bit. Uh, I'm not quitting on Claritask just yet. I uh, stopped working on it for a bit. Uh, I'm working on client projects currently, trying to get my finances back in better shape. And uh, just thinking about different ways how I will uh, be moving forward. And I will mention that uh, later in the show. But um, one thing I wanted to mention was that I uh, I put my car on sale. I have a, an older car. It's about 12 years old now. And... Um, I put it up for sale on Facebook uh, on first to my friends, people that I know, their friends, etc. And the amount of response that I got from selling the car uh, was overwhelming. And it got me thinking what it is like to have a product that other people want. Something that you're offering uh, at a uh, certain time, a certain product at a certain price. And that is amazing to me. I've never had a product like that, a software product like that, that people wanted so bad that they lined up and wrote me and wanted it and wanted to pay for it. And this what this is what happened with my car. And that really got me thinking of what I really want. And this actually ties to what I've been going through in the past couple of weeks, just things that I've been thinking about about Claritask and what I want to do. And it all started with sort of a a tweet I had sent out on May 28th. And that tweet said, you have no idea how much it pains me when I see new founders build their product first and then start looking for their buyer's market later. At the later bit, I've added, that's not on the tweet, but that's what I meant. And it probably got the most... uh, uh, likes that I've ever got on a tweet, about 40, some comments, etc. And that that tweet came pretty much from experience, from what I've been doing up to now, what I've been doing with Claritask, other products before Claritask. And it always started with an idea that I've had about something, a nudge, uh, scratching my own niche, and then just going full throttle on it. And then once I'm done launching it and then finding people to buy it. And that has been the wrong way to do it. And 
I am going to uh, mention another tweet that I had a couple of days later, which uh, got me into an argument with Lewis Nichols, who's an online friend of mine. He runs salesforfounders.com. He's, uh, he's good at what he does. And I'm not going to talk about Lewis's stand. Maybe I'm not still to this day not understanding it, but we'll also have a podcast together where we try to explain each other's points a little better. But this is what I said. Um, this this was a sort of a rebound, not a rebound, I don't even know how to say it, a, a related to my previous tweet on May 28th. So this tweet was on June 1, June 1st, a couple of days later. And I said, if you don't want an indie bootstrapper to succeed, you tell them these things, meaning, you know, that you shouldn't tell them these if you if you mean well for them. So scratching your own itch, that's wrong. Build it and they will come, that is wrong. Ideas are nothing, execution is everything, that is wrong. And then I said any other ones I'm missing. And I, I have to explain the context where I'm coming from. Um, all these things that I said, I used to believe them. Not so much the build it and they will come. I, I, will, I never really believed that fully. But scratch your own itch, yes, I believe that. Like start with something that's bothering you and then, you know, chances are that there are other people like you, which sometimes it is true and sometimes it's not. And sometimes, you know, it is could be true for a person that has a huge audience and his pain or her pain has a lot to do with, um, you know, what that certain group of people he belongs to or their fans are going through. So that could be valid at that maybe at that uh, sort of um, instance. And ideas are nothing. Execution is everything. I used to really believe that, that you can really hard work your way to success. And that is not entirely true. Um, I've read it so many times from other people saying it. And I really got to a point, especially with Claritask, thinking that, hey, you know, you can hard work your way to the moon, but, you know, like at what cost? Like that sort of thing. So my context, when I'm talking about bootstrapping, I am coming from the point of building a product that is generating about 5 to 10K in MRR. You're running it solo and you're building it with your own money and maybe even working a side job. So your resources are limited, your time is limited. So my context nowadays is that you must focus on something that is really needed, something that is a must-have. I do believe that you can start with an idea and then you can build the product, you can validate some of it, you can launch it, and then you can reiterate. You can make it better, you can look at the numbers, optimize those numbers, you can play the numbers game, but you will need a lot of time and a lot of money to do that. In other words, I don't know if I saw this on Twitter or somebody else saying it, I did not say this, but basically you can do anything you want in the world. You can be whoever you want, you can make whatever you want, but at what cost? Like this is very profound that I just I just realized this. Like you can you can literally do anything you want, pretty much. But at what cost? Are you gonna give up um, your family? Are you gonna give up your entire life? Your entire life savings? Um, are you not gonna have any friends? So 
there's always an opportunity cost. And the context that I'm coming from is having a product that feeds your family. Maybe it's not the most famous product in the world, but it's generating 5 to 10K in MRR with a margin of 80, 90%. And you're running a product that people are buying. And this is very hard. It's not hard to do. It's hard to stumble upon. It's hard to stumble upon a need or a, um, a problem that your product can absolutely kill and then people will buy it because people buy something to save them time, save them money. And I realize it's more, more times than not, it's about more than time. So if somebody is doing something and it's taking them about eight days to do it and you find it, you find a product or you make a product that does that for one hour, those people will line up to buy your product because they're going to be saving eight days of work and they will pay you 50 bucks an hour uh, a month to use your product that will save them eight days of their life that they can spend with their friends, with their family, or just do nothing. People will, will buy that. But if you're making a product that's making a process uh, that they're currently doing on daily basis just a tad nicer, you're going to need a lot of effort to sell that product. You're going to need to convince them and then once you convince them, you're going to need to keep them interested. So if your product is a nice to have, even a little better than nice to have, maybe your product is amazing. But if people can fall back to a default uh, solution, they will do that. If your product is, is um, replacing an Excel sheet or a Word document that people were just fine using it, and your process or your tool makes that a little better, there is a chance that those people will default back to that product just because your solution is just maybe a little bit nicer or maybe 10 times nicer to use, but it's not a must-have. An example for this is that ClearTask, for example, is a project management tool or a task management tool. And you can manage tasks and projects without using a project management tool. You can use Excel, you can use Word, you can use anything. You can use a whiteboard, a physical whiteboard in your office. You can use email, etc. However, if you want to host a website, you need a hosting platform. You need a server. That is a must. You cannot, you cannot bypass that need. If you need to send an email, you're going to need an email client. You need, you're going to need a Gmail. Uh, you're going to need um, what else is out there? Uh, ProtonMail. You're going to need to use one of them. In project management, yes, you can use a project management software. There's a ton of them out there. But you can also use email. You can use uh, Google Sheets. You can use Google Docs. You can collaborate with people. You don't really need a project management tool. You can really go back to default. Yes, you can have a nicer experience if you need one, if you if you want to use one. But then again, for email, you're gonna need an email client, and that's what I'm shooting for. So that's my context. I want something, uh, a solution that kills an excruciating pain that someone has, saves them ten hours and he does it for them for five minutes. 
and they must have this product. Without that product, they're not going to be able to do their job. They're not going to be able to spend time with their family, with their friends. So that's the product that I'm looking for. And maybe if I can pivot Claritask to be that, then that would be amazing. So I don't have to build another product because my time is now limited. And I'm working on, on client projects. And my mind space is just gone after a couple of hours that I work on client projects. So all I have left after I'm done with them is just maybe to look at some of the data, uh, maybe reply to a customer support ticket, or maybe look at the, some some features that I'm um, that have been requested that I have to plan to do. So I really don't have the time to build another product or um, even turn Claritask into something else. So what I'm looking for is maybe a pivot in messaging and positioning where I sell the same product to a different crowd that solves a specific need that, he must, that's, that is a must-have and it's not just a nice-to-have. So yeah, you can really go ahead and make a product and do sales and do content marketing and have people come to your website and then if they register at... 3% of the visits, you can nudge that number up by 3.5% if you change the color of your button. If you make your messaging better, you can go to 4%, you can go to 5%. And then conversions from visitors to paid, from registered to paid, they could come from 2% to 3% to 4%. You can play that long game. That is completely possible. And everything that all sales and, and SaaS consultants say you know, you should do this, you should, you should do that, you should, you know, send cold emails, you should write blogs, you should do this, you should do that. That is all doable, but at what cost? Is it going to take you five years? Is it going to take you 10 years? Is that good for you? Maybe it is. I don't know. But trying to explain my context that, you know, if you, if you don't like a bootstrapper, this is what you tell them. And when I say bootstrapper, I mean someone like me because you, there are big companies who have bootstrapped and they consider themselves still a bootstrapping company and they have hundreds of people, hundreds of people working for them maybe. So the one bootstrapper I'm talking about is a bootstrapper that mostly working solo or maybe with a founder and they're looking for a big win and they're looking for a problem that could be killed with an amazing solution and then be sold and grow at 10 to 15% month to month, and then potentially sell a couple of years down the line to a competitor or somebody that wants to take it further. And that's the point that I'm coming from. So when I say scratch your own itch, just make sure a lot of people are itching the same way as you are. Build it and they will come. That's never the case. You could be lucky, but it's best to do your research of what is it that you're trying to solve and then ask the right questions. And with the answers you get, just double check them, see if there's really something out there, and don't build without having some prepayments, something that some people that are actually committed to it, or you know, maybe you've, you've spoken to a, a handful of individuals that give you some signal that they will become clients. And then even so, even when you have that, just try to make a simple version to show them what it will do and then see if they're really standing behind of their promise and what they said. So that's sort of my context where I'm coming from. That, you know, um, 
I, uh, you know, I was talking to Luis about on that tweet. Um, without giving much away, you can go to Twitter, um, and uh, I will actually list it on the show notes, both tweets that I mentioned. And uh, we got an argument with Luis about it, and we're, we're gonna get on a on a podcast and talk to one another about you know what we mean exactly, because at times maybe it's semantics, maybe we're talking about the same thing. Um, and maybe we're getting lost in translation about what each one of us are talking about. But sort of my argument is that we should really focus on finding a solution, a problem that we can build a solution around, and only after getting prepayments, getting commitments, and even so, even after that, just you know, making the simplest version possible to get it in the hands of your customers and see if they can actually do something with it. And I always go to back to Arvid Carl's uh, Zero to Sold uh, book about his journey with his uh, Feedback Panda product. And it's amazing because he uh, he was actually uh, working as a developer, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he um, uh, his partner uh, was working as an English tutor, and then they saw an opportunity, a problem that was occurring um, every time for all the teachers and they, they, uh, they had the in, in the industry and they built that product. The product started selling. They, they brought it up to 50 K in about two years, MRR. And then they sold it for, uh, as Arvid says, a life changing sum. And that's amazing to me. Uh, that's the solution I'm looking for. That's sort of the, 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 the idea. That's what I call the idea. So it's not just an idea out of thin air, but you find a problem, and then you, you build that solution around that, but only after really getting into the details of it and getting some commitment and not wasting your time. And yes, I've built a lot of products that didn't sell as great as I wanted to, but I always started with the product first. I had an idea. I started building it, spoke to a few people. Even a lot of people told me no. In the back of my mind, I would think, wait until I get it out. Wait until I ship it. And then I would ship it. And then people would, you know, there would be some signal around it. And then I would say, okay, so one more feature and then it will be good. And one more feature, it will be good. So, yeah, that's the thing that I'm trying to tell other bootstrap partners to avoid. To not really go down that route where you're just building features and building a something that people, uh, you know, are maybe becoming a little bit better when using it. But it's not something that's, that's a must-have. It's not a need. Um, so, yeah. Um with that said, I, uh, I, you know, with, as far as Claritas goes at this point, is that um, I'm thinking about a pivot, uh, at least on the messaging and positioning side of things. Um, I'm looking into current users, how they're using it, and trying to find a, um, a niche within those users that I could maybe uh, capitalize on and find an opportunity where I can pivot quickly, even if it's like a minor change, maybe even change the name of Claritask and then market it to a uh, to a specific crowd. Because right now, Claritask is so wide open. Anybody can use it, which is great, but I don't have a sales team. I don't have a big reach, and I really have to be specific. So if I market it to a certain group and I start finding those people and then trying to put it in their hands, then, you know, that's that would give it a, a better, better chance. So... Um, yeah, um, I thought this was going to be a big episode, a long episode, but I think I explained myself. So 
Um, I'm going to stop here. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.